Hey folks, have no fear, you did tune into the right podcast. But I've got another big announcement to make. I'm releasing my first full-length album this year. It's called Dusk, and it comes out on May 8th. Something I'm very, very excited about. The Aquarian says, Goldstein takes an interest in everything from reggae to soul to alternative styles of music, as well as intertwining the three to create a sound that truly emulates who he is and who he wants to be as a musician. I am beyond proud of this album. Fun fact, uh, my daughter Elizabeth wrote the lyrics to one of the tracks, and they are amazing and hilarious, and I think you guys will really dig it. Again, the, the album is called Dusk. It's available for pre-order on iTunes, Amazon, or wherever you get your music from. And if you pre-order now, you'll receive Elizabeth's song, Dead Island, as a thank you. You can find it by searching Acoustic Boomerang Dusk wherever you get your music. Okay, that's it. Enjoy the show. And welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we get to talk about a big, big win over the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Obviously, we'll be bringing you another ex-Red Bull 2 report. We've got Jose Aguinaga, whose name I've been mispronouncing, I guess, for weeks. This happens every time we have someone on the show. Uh, <laughs> I've been mispronouncing their names, and now I finally learned the right way to say it. <laughs> yeah, Basiljevic. <laughs> uh, we're going to preview the match next weekend against uh, Los Dos, or this coming weekend. Uh, and we're going to, of course, spend some time talking about all things around the USL. Joining me tonight... As always, we've got NYC Soccer World Zone, Anthony Merced. Hello, Anthony. How are you doing? Ooh, very happy I could be on this week after the uh, Champions League bumped us last week. Yeah, that's the worst. We, <laughs> The Champions League, as much as I enjoyed going to those matches, uh, it was really uh, destroying my week in terms of podcasting. You and five other people. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also joining us, uh, a far more superior uh, co-host, it's Bill Toomey of Bill Toomey Photography. Hello, Bill. Hey, Joe. How's it going? I'm doing all right. Obviously, you can hear in my voice that I'm coming down with something. I could not escape this stupid weather and come out of it unscathed, but we soldier on. How was the game this weekend, Bill? I was not at it. I was not at it either. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> We're off to a great start, folks. We're off to a great start, but what a win. I don't think we saw that 5-0 win coming. I think I predicted 2 or 3-0, and even that you thought was a long shot. So I, I, I got the goals right, but I thought it was going to be split up 3-2, I think. Uh, I don't think anyone saw that coming in terms of the uh, offensive dominance that Red Bull showed on the night or on the day, rather, uh, you looked at Tampa Bay's body of work this year, and they are not having any trouble finding the back of the net, obviously against Louisville City, who's shutting out everyone 
that's another story. Uh, but they completely bottled up this team. Uh, and wow, what an amazing match. Uh, Evan Loro had to come up big twice in this match, once against Junior Flemings and once against uh, Leo Fernandez. Uh, but two huge saves kept the shutout. Uh, I think overall, uh, this year for him has been so much better than 2017, just in terms of the way that he started. And you could see that with with how he's been playing game in and game out. And now he is currently second in the league in saves made. Anthony, is this the kind of year that that maybe uh, you're going to see him as goalkeeper of the year at the end of the season? Oh, God, it's just way too early to, to say that. Um, I think he's headed there. I, I, I will say one thing about the the first goal you mentioned, the the junior, or the save, the junior Fleming save. The pass into the box actually was not as good as it probably could have been. Mm-hmm. It was a little slow. So yes. you watched and and I watched it a bunch of times. You can see that Evan Laura was able to get himself in a position. Doesn't mean it wasn't a great save. It absolutely was. But it wasn't the kind of like reflex save that Correct. you think of that we've seen a lot of times from, let's say, Luis Robles kind of diving across the line. Junior Flemings had to put that ball in the perfect spot to get it by Evan Luro. And as we know from Junior Flemings, having watched him here in New York, <laughs> he isn't nece- he's not a striker. Sure. So sure. When, when, when a winger gets a shot like that, they're going to blast it on goal. And the, the pass wasn't quite as good as uh, the save made it look to be. Okay, fair, fair. Um, let's talk about Stefano Bonomo. He's getting starts again now. He had a terrific game, a goal and two assists. Uh, I think just with the way that he and Brian White played at the end of the match, I think it's worth maybe looking at those two playing together up top. Bill, am I am I crazy? Should should the Red Bulls move to a two forward system? I don't think you're crazy, unlike Anthony thinks you're crazy, but it's a different story. <laughs> I definitely think they're crazy. getting some uh, team chemistry going, finally. every Everyone's kind of blended in together, and they're really working well up top there. So I, I definitely don't think you're crazy at all. Brian White, by the way, is now one goal off of uh, Carlton Belmar's impressive start to the season. So he's only he's only sitting one goal back uh, with four. I'm so glad that he is able to find the back of the net after the way that he started the season. Uh, just because I imagine, you know, week in, week out, that would have gotten frustrating. But it was just one game. Uh, well, all right, fair. You know what? You're right. It was just that Charleston game, really. Uh, I take it back. But I'm still glad that he's finding the back of the net uh, and glad that things are working out for him. Uh, came in, came on late, still found the back of the net twice. Uh, I don't think you With could ask minutes. more. Yeah, I don't think you could ask more from a, a sub. Great job. Um, my question now about the way that this team played defensively. Uh, obviously, they were augmented by having Fidel Escobar in the lineup. Do you think that this would have been the same result if Jordan Scarlett would have played Anthony? Uh, if you mean result as in win, I definitely think so. I think that moving forward, they played with um, just the kind of composure that can get goals. So I definitely think that. Whether or not they would have had a clean sheet, I don't know. This was the first time in a long time that we haven't seen the defense be scattered. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've seen Scarlett and, the Dom toge- and Dom together be um, panicked at times, and I think that Fidel Escobar provided a little bit of calm in the back. Uh, also, Nico Devera did a really good job on his yes. end defensively to distribute the ball and not make crazy passes out of the back. Sometimes 
and um and Scarlet are not sure what to do with the ball once they win it. And this was not the case in this game at all. So Endom at times looked fantastic defensively because he didn't have to worry about distribution. And I think that that's going to be what makes these guys, um, you know, we, we know what these guys do well. And they just they just have to be put in a position where they do that. And I'll tell you what, when you talk about Nico Devera, I thought Ethan Cutler also did a very good job on the right side and have the, the two of them have generally given uh, some pretty strong performances. And if you had told me at the beginning of the season that they were going to be the most impressive pieces of the back line uh, week in and week out, I would have been very shocked. So great to get big performances from those guys who were, uh, I thought, seemingly heading into the season sort of fringe, uh, but they, they've definitely staked a claim to those positions. Okay, let's talk man of the match. Who you got? Ooh, uh, it's a tough one. Go ahead, Bill. You go first. All right. Putting me on the spot here. I'm going to go with uh, – it's really rough because for me it could be between like three different people. Uh, for me, I, I'm going to go with Jose because his shot was just – Awesome. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about that goal. I now yeah. got to get to the ball from Bonomo at the top of the box. Doesn't even take a touch. Just first time hit. It is beautifully curled over the goalkeeper. Yeah, the curve gorgeous. on that shot was awesome. Absolutely so, gorgeous. That alone for me is enough for <laughs> man of the match, even though it could be Laurel, too, because Laurel had a pretty good game. Fair, fair. Uh, Anthony, who you got? I'm going to go with Stefano Bonomo, a goal and two assists. Uh, I, you know, selfishly, I'm going to say this. I, I, I don't want him to see minutes in, in MLS because I find that this Red Bull 2 team to be far more entertaining than the first team. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I love and – and I've felt that way for quite a number of years now. Uh, but seeing him down here, being able to be creative and hold the ball up and do all those kinds of things, I mean, he has been something special to watch these last two years when he's been healthy. I, I agree with some of that assessment. I think the MLS team has plenty of entertaining to do. Uh, but I also agree with you, Anthony, that Stefano Bonomo gets the man of the match. I really like seeing him especially cut back on the end line and beat his defenders uh, to the end line to begin with and kind of seeing more of him in the same light that we saw in the USL Cup final a couple of years ago where he you know, came on and had this fantastic uh, substitute role, contributed two assists, just like in this game, uh, and just really looked uh, free and uh, confident. So that was great stuff. Okay, great job, everybody. You're going to hear me squeak. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> squeak! All right, let's go with the X Red Bull 2 report. Now, Anthony, I was I was given some feedback that uh, our previous format of you ooing and eyeing did not sit well with some listeners. Well, that's too bad because I'm going to do it again. All right. Well. I, I just want to hear Joe pronounce his team again. <laughs> Zico Lewis's new team. Yes. FH. Uh, half in our fjorder. Fjorder. Half in your fjorder. I believe that's how you say that. Uh, they did not play this week. Their first match will be uh, on 428. So keep your eyes out for that. Uh, Rafa Diaz did not. He made the 18 for Sac Republic, but has not played uh, and did not play in their 1-1 draw with the Las Vegas Lights FC. Tim Schmoll also not in the 18. Uh, or sorry, not also, but just was not in the 18 for Aldershot Town in their 2-0 loss to Tranmere. Noah Powder. 90 minutes in a very impressive 3-0 win for Orange County SC over Sa uh, San Antonio FC. Dan shocking, Metz shocking win. Uh, honestly, very shocking. On the road. 
Uh, Dan Metzger and Penn FC were off this weekend, so nothing there. Dilly Duca still hasn't played yet. Uh, David Najem and Junior Flemings both were uh, at Red Bull Arena. Fleming started and played 62 minutes, nearly had a goal, uh, but obviously big save from Evan Loro. And David Najem had to come off after 23 minutes. He was injured, and obviously that was the 5 nothing loss. Uh, Brandon Allen came off the bench for Bethlehem Steel and played 10 minutes in a 1-1 draw with uh, FC Cincinnati. Kyle Rainish and Fresno FC were off this week. Zach Carroll did not play in Reno 1868's uh, 4-0 loss to the Colorado Springs Switchbacks. He was in the 18, but did not play. And I gotta say, for a team that's been struggling so much defensively, not encouraging signs that Zach Carroll's not in there. Uh, not Con- encouraging from Reno in general. They've really not started um, well this year oh, yeah. compared to how they finished last year. Very poor so far. Uh, Conrad Pleva was in the 18 for Salt Lake City, but did not play in their 3-1 win over the Sounders, too. So, but at least we're seeing him on the bench. I think he was overcoming an injury. I could be wrong. Uh, Speedy Williams is back to starting regularly for Louisville City, and he played 90 minutes in their 2-1 win over the Richmond Kickers. Marius Obakop still has not appeared in the 18 for C.S. Lucifero Oradea in the Romanian Liga 2. Kind of missing in action. He is missing in action. He's been there for quite a while, has yet to play. He's going to become the next Abang. Well, maybe. <laughs> but he did not appear. Thierry Henry took him under his wing. I know. Yeah. I know. And he did not uh, play in the 4 nothing loss that Oradea had to Hermannstadt. Now, Bill, I showed you the C.S. Luciferal Ordea website last week. Yes, you did. I, yes, I you folks, did. if you haven't seen it, search it <laughs> if you can. It's something straight out of like 1999. It could have okay, been I'm built on. This up now. It could have been built on GeoCities, um, but you <laughs> know, I, yeah, well, whatever. Uh, just appreciate, you know, the the work that goes into building this report because it's not always easy. Uh, Mike Defonte. He played 90 minutes and picked up a yellow card in Phoenix Rising's 1-0 win over Los Dos, this week's opponent. Uh, Aaron Basulovic did not play in uh, Fremad Amateur's 1-1 draw to Brabrand in the Danish First Division. And yeah. Oh my! Yeah, that's it. Oh, you're looking at the website now? Yes, I am! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure when it was last updated. Let's yeah, let's leave it that. Apparently, 2011, because they have updates of their history up until that point. <laughs> Joe had to go digging for this information. This right? isn't. Joe, you had to search oh, like, Twitter. Yes. Well, that down was for core. for Freemad Amateur. Uh, finding finding information about leagues outside the U.S. is difficult, especially for the lineups. Uh, it's easier to find Aldershot Town, who's in the football conference, than it is to say find Freeman Amager or CS Lucifero or Dea, and especially uh, Hafenarfjörder. Uh, it's very difficult to find this information. <laughs> There's stuff out there, uh, and maybe it's not really as bad as I'm making it out, but it's a pain in the butt. It is. Um, it is. I've had to do it before. Okay, that is our ex Red Bull Two report for the week. I should get like a little like action music underneath this. Maybe it's already there, and because I'm talking about it now, it's going to seem weird. But let's. <laughs> By the way, we now have pictures of Leo Stoltz in 15 different countries on milk cartons. If you know where he is, please communicate with us. I promise you, 
that there is <laughs> going to be. Happened to that? There is a development with that, but you got to hold off on it for now. Um, okay. Uh, we're going <laughs> to reset. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to you, Jose Aguinaga. So stick around. And we're back. We're joined now by this weekend's, I, I got to say it was the, the goal of the match. It's Jose Aguinaga. Hello, Jose. Thanks for joining the show. Hello, guys. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So, I mean, we got to talk about that goal right off the bat. Uh, fantastic shot uh, from outside the box. Walk us through that play a little bit. Uh, thank you, Wes. First of all, thank you very much. Well, I like watch it. Uh, I try to watch it, like just trying to see uh, what uh, I was thinking. And honestly, it was just like I remember Ethan had the ball uh, right back, and I tried to check for the ball, and he decided just to play uh, to Bonamo because he made an incredible run. So he just played, and I tried to just follow through, and he turned and with that perfect layup is one of those balls that. In the middle of the field, and you got a good angle. So I was just like, that's one of those balls that you gotta hit. And I hit, and I was lucky enough that it went to like kind of what I wanted to go. So yeah, like I was really lucky that that was that was that went in. Uh, uh, Jose, we've seen a lot of players, specifically midfielders, that have found success scoring goals for Red Bull too. Do you feel that there's a lot of creativity on the team that um, lets you kind of cut loose a little bit and take shots at goal? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the way we play, like pressing, trying to press, going forward all the time, it always uh, leaves some spaces that for midfielders, especially in the position I play, like kind of like the midfielder that plays behind the forward and also the six and the eight, there's always a lot of space because uh, when we try to play forward, uh, the other teams usually try to back, like uh, go back and like try to try to like cut those spaces. So I think the way we play we, uh, plays a big role on like getting as many shots as like not all not in other teams where like midfielders are more like uh, trying to find the spaces, trying to find the last pass where like. The way we play leaves us a lot of space, so we can try to aim to the goal more easily because we have more more time and more space. When did you first start playing soccer? Well, I'm from Spain. I'm from Madrid. So in Madrid, and especially, I mean, in Spain, and especially in Madrid, it's like all about soccer. Like every kid that you get to talk to is going to tell you about how they're. Uh, the starting eleven of Real Madrid or Barcelona, they all watch soccer. It's all about soccer. So, pretty much when I was a kid, I remember like I'm the set of four brothers. So my father used to play soccer too. So they always used to like bring us to like tournaments, like soccer tournaments. And then I start playing with my school. And then from there, I just start playing. I joined that right by by academy. And from there, just like pretty much. The academy, I joined the academy when I was like seven, eight years old, which was like the first time I got to play into a real academy. 
before that, he was just playing with my friends and like took a tournament on the weekends. And then, of course, you came over to the United States. You attended Ryder University. Um, what first brought you here and um, uh, specifically to Ryder? Well, it was kind of a, it was kind of a, a coincidence the way I found Ryder, because when I was in Spain, I was just trying to to look a place where I could play at a good level and keep with my studies. Because in Spain, unluckily, it's not that's not a possibility unless you like manage yourself really, really well. And like some like uh, pro teams, they don't give you the opportunity because you play for the team, you don't play for school. So I was just looking like through like a bunch of opportunities, and I heard of United States and the league. The, uh, the league in the university is really competitive, and you can get a degree with it. So I decided to go to United States. That was my first option, and then I played in Rio Vallecano with one of uh, the guys that actually came the year before I decided to go. So it was uh, yeah, Adrian Hart. It was a French guy that I played with him in Rio Vallecano when we were like 14 years old. And I remember I just I was just talking to him like, hey, how's experience? I want to go. Like, what do you think about it? Blah blah blah. All kind of, all kind of, all that, those questions. And then he was like, I mean, let me talk to my coach. We can just probably you can just come to Ryder. I never really knew much about Ryder, so I trust my friend. And luckily, went well because we won two titles in four years. So I'm happy for that. The college experience here in the United States is very different from maybe the lower leagues in in Europe. Uh, what what kind of adjustments did you need to make um, for the for the game here in the United States? Well, I think the first um, the first thing I had to do is well, the first difference I saw was physically. I think that here, especially the way the tournament is organized, where you play two games in a Oh, sometimes even three games in a week. You gotta be physically ready for it. And even though over there, I think in Europe you get more technically and tactically prepared. It physically, it's different. They don't they don't take the uh, they don't focus as much on your physique and like being strong, being the quickest. It is important, of course. It's it's important everywhere. But I think that was the first adjustment I had to do physically. I I saw that I was behind some of the guys here. And that was like something I needed to work on. So yeah, I'd say the physique pretty much. Do you remember the first the time you? Do you remember the first time you heard of the New York Red Bulls? Uh yeah, well I, I think it was in I was in Europe like, I think it was when Thierry Henry came probably to the New York Red Bulls. I don't remember the year, but that was like. Uh, everybody hear about it in Europe because it was like a big start as like Thierry Henry and then the well-known brand of Red Bull. So I think that was the first time I hear of it. Of course, uh, while you're playing uh, at Ryder University, you also made some appearances in the PDL uh, with Seattle and then uh, New York. What were those two experiences like and maybe what were some of the differences between the two sides? Well, they were both really good experiences. Uh, it's of course two different cities. Like they're both beautiful, but not, they they're not the same. So I would say that with uh, Seattle, it was kind of like the first experience I had playing somewhere else and brighter. So it was everything new. Like it was PDL, 
it's different. I think it's a little bit different from college. It's like more intense. You play against teams that are that have people that are just like all people, like big, like all the people, and they're stronger and more. They have more experience. So then when I got to play for Red Bulls, it was kind of the same, but I kind of knew what to expect from the PDL. And the difference, the main difference, I think that even though uh, uh, Seattle Sanders is uh, under 23 Sanders, Red Bulls, I feel like, is more linked to the to the team, to the New York Red Bulls. The under 23 PDL team is linked to the first team. Because I remember a bunch of guys, like sometimes, they used to practice with the USL, they were most of them academy kids, and sometimes I even got the chance to practice with the first team, and that didn't happen in, in Seattle Sanders, it didn't happen at all, like, it was like kind of separated, we didn't even practice in the facility, so, yeah, it was more of like a different team, it was called the Seattle Sanders, but you couldn't see, like, you weren't next to the facility where uh, the first team used to practice, and in the world which you were practicing the facility, the coach was uh, working for the first team. It was like everything is more linked. So we hear in Spain that um, basketball is also a really popular sport. Uh, did, were, you, were you a fan of basketball? And if so, did you adopt the team when you came here to the United States? Uh, well, yes. I mean, yeah, basketball is really, really... It's really famous in Spain, but uh, I like basketball. I watch it and I enjoy watching basketball, but I wasn't really a big fan of it. I wasn't, I always follow like the, the World Cup and the, the US and all that, national teams, but I didn't really watch like the league, the Spanish league, the things called ACB. NBA I liked, so, but like with the time difference, I didn't have a chance to watch many games. But, yeah, I mean, I like basketball. Have you always played as a midfielder in soccer? Uh, well, I remember when I was uh, when I was younger. My first like four or five years from like since I joined the Royal Academy, Academy, like I was, I want to say like fourteen, fifteen. I played as a forward because I remember I used I grew up I think a little bit faster than the other kids. So when like they were, I was the tallest one of all of them, and I was I kind of had the same the same quality that I have now. So I would just like play it forward and be like a post forward kind of thing, which is like really weird because right now that's not at all my position and that's not at all what I do and the way I play. Before we let you go, we're going to subject you to the lightning round. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> Don't be afraid. It's okay. Popcorn, yes or no? Okay. Sorry, can you repeat that? Like, because I, I can't really hear you. Sure, sure. Pop popcorn. Say, I just, yeah, can you? Can you hear me popcorn? now? Popcorn. Oh, okay. Yes, popcorn. Yes or no? Popcorn. Yes, of course. Yes. Uh, Super Mario Brothers or Sonic the Hedgehog? What's the second one again, sir? Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Um, I gotta go with Super Mario. What's your favorite team to play as in FIFA? The favorite team, I have to say, Real Madrid. Arsene Wenger, in or out? Uh, I'm going to say in. Arsene Wenger, in. Will Rayo Vallecano stay in La Liga next year? 
Uh, I'm hoping yes. So I'm going to say yes because I'm a, a fan of Spoden. That's where I grew up. So hopefully yes. Star Wars or Star Trek? Ooh, I want to say Star Wars. I'm not really a fan of any of those, but I guess I know a little bit more Star Wars, so I'm going to say Star Wars. I think that's very fair. Uh, Jose, thank you so much for coming on, and we wish you nothing but the best of luck this weekend against uh, Los Dos. Thank you very much. And when we come back, we're going to preview that game and talk more about all the happenings around USL, so stick around. And we are back with our final segment. First, we're going to preview the game against Los Dos. Then we're going to go through some stuff all around the USL. Guys, Los Dos, and I mean this in maybe the nicest terms possible, is bad. Bad with it, many A's in the middle. Bad. They are 0-4. Why do you have to be nice about that? 0-4 and 2 with a negative 7 goal differential. Now, guys, uh, this stat that I'm about to give you is so bad that it is not tracked on the USL page. Opta does not offer this stat on the USL page. (laughs) They have 51 shots and one goal, which is a conversion rate. And this is what's not on the USL page of 1.96%. They score (laughs) on 1.96% of their goals in 2018 through six matches. And that goal was scored on March 24th against Fresno FC, and they have not scored since. The first match of the season. They haven't scored since then. It's it's bad, bad news. Um, Emmanuel Appiah. Appiah? Appiah. Emmanuel Appiah uh, is the man who scored that goal, and he's been one of those players that's bounced all around the USL. They have okay players. Uh, Julian Boucher... Uh, who was with DCU, is with them now. John Riquejo, uh, he was formerly with Club Tijuana. Uh, Eric Lopez and Wade Hamilton have split time in goal for them. But, I mean, they, they just are atrocious. And I, they're one of those teams that I think uh, lends two teams a bad name in USL. Uh, two teams as an MLS, two teams. Anthony, is there any, way, only- is there any way that Los Dos wins this match? Don't say that. This is the USL. <laughs> and in the USL, things like that happen. Zlatan dropping to Los Dos is not happening. So just put that out of your mind I for a second. I was just going to say that. <laughs> well, you know, there was that theory for a while that they were going to they were gonna give him a warm-up game in the USL so that we could get Drogba versus uh, Zlatan. That would be great. In, uh, in USL. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, look, you're right. You're absolutely right about the the reputation thing. But to be quite honest, if it's not New York Red Bull two, none of the two teams. Wait, wait, give... wait, 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 wait. Slow your roll for a second. None okay. of the two teams. If it's not Red Bull two, none of them give credence to the fact that they should be in the second division. I'm gonna snap my. I'm gonna snap my fingers. It. I'm gonna get a little okay. bitchy with you. Okay. What about Salt Lake? Oh, I forgot about them. You know, it's so funny. you're absolutely right about that. I, I don't even think of them as a two team because they're run. They actually had they have their own identity. I mean, you know, I even they're I call them the team. butter. 
even I call them the butterflies almost. I do like that. <laughs> a lot of time. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. So it's a two-horse race here in this. It's Red Bull 2 and the Monarchs. I'll give you that. I feel like there's probably others that are that are competitive. No, bad. But, yeah, They're all no, pretty horrible. Mo- mostly well, not Red good. Red Bull 2 could have had a different Wait, Atlanta United 2 might be one of those teams that's that's okay. Well, the jury's still out on that. Yes, absolutely. So, so 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 we'll we'll see about that. But yeah, no, it's um you know Los Dos is is atrocious and they haven't been good since 2015. I, I, maybe I'll give them 2016 when they, I think that they made the playoffs. Um, but the the truth is that their their the mothership is not interested in them. Yeah, they're they're interested in doing very similar to what TFC does. Um, they're not really interested in necessarily growing from within unless you're a standout player. And if you are, they're going to loan you out to um, a, a different kind of team, not necessarily playing in the reserve team. A la Jack so McBean. You, yeah. So it makes you really wonder kind of why do you have these guys? Yeah. I think that's fair. At least, look, I mean, you're still going to be bringing up kids through this system and you can get them onto the proper Galaxy team, but it's mostly just putting them into really bad situations for them where they're not going to succeed. They are exceedingly young, and it just is some experience for them, but I think uh, it can be maybe a little rough around the edges. Uh, ever since Anolfo left that team, uh, they, they've been directionless. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so, so it's, it's when it, 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 go, it goes from the top down, and we see this. You know, and and I, you know, outside of here, I've been very critical of the Red Bulls in, in different ways. But one thing I will always say about them is that when it comes to top to bottom, um, and for me, that top is Jesse Marsh. But like you know, there there is a um, a tiered effect of it trickling down to the USL team, and that shows that there is a a very big level of organization. And if you have a two team, you need this level of organization for that team to succeed. Uh, because they are a professional team, and they need to put something on the field that is competitive. It's not just about development. If it was, you can go be a PDL team. Okay. I think that's a fine take. Bill, give me some kind of emotional rant about uh, Los Dos and why they're terrible. <laughs> they have too much hype to live up to. No, and, no, no, no. Uh, angrier, angrier. <laughs> I'm not Anthony. I can't do that. That's perfect. <laughs> Uh, I'll let you off the hook, Bill. Um, I live on the edge. Let's get score predictions. Anthony, start with you. Um, I'm going to say this is a 2 nothing win. Okay, Bill. Remember, this is an away match, even with that. Okay, Bill? 4-0, Rebel 2. 4-0. I, I always tell folks that ask me about my predictions that just listen to Bill, because Bill's usually the one who's right. 4-0 seems pretty crazy, but I'm going to go with it. Because I believe that Bill is always right. We're just doing it. <laughs> For nothing Bill is seems a right. Seer. He's a wizard. I am a wizard. Yeah. Not a Kansas City wizard. <laughs> I think they well, they were the wizards, but they they started out as just the whiz, which I always loved. Because if uh Dallas Burn played the whiz, it was <laughs> the whiz and burn. <laughs> yes. Did they, did they I am get a child. On the road. For like, those of us Wiz fans out there. Moving on down. Moving on down the road. Um, okay. Yeah. All right, moving on. We're going to talk about stuff all around the USL, starting with Las Vegas Lights FC. This team is still undefeated this far into the season. They just had a what I would consider a, an impressive draw against Sac Republic. 
Anthony, is this team for real? Are they really going to be this good right out of the gate? This is the greatest team in the history of sports. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't get any respect as journalists, Anthony. <laughs> okay, no, and, and, and I mean that like strictly from an entertainment standpoint. Like, I have never seen a team as entertaining as this. Like, they are insane. I, it's not llamas or their head coach sitting in the stand smoking a cigarette. Now or, they're being or they're being, being sponsored. And, they're being they're, sponsored, sponsored by a dispensary. Yeah, they're sponsored by a dispensary. They're when they win, their players get like casino chips. Like, they, <laughs> this is the most entertaining team I have ever seen. But uh, but talking about the soccer related stuff, um, they. All of that stuff is a distraction to say that they are actually way more put together than any of us thought that they were. Um, because everything else seems so so silly. Ridiculous. Yeah. Freddie Adu <laughs> yeah, uh, playing on the side. It, everything screamed that this was going to be a joke. Uh, but I think they're proving that otherwise. Yeah. And Freddie Adu, you know, uh, and, and we spoke about this uh, on, you know, in, separately. Freddie Adu is the kind of guy that doesn't get enough of an enough credit for being as talented as he is he's not a a world-class player but he's a very good soccer player and he has not been given that chance because people keep considering him a circus act and they haven't necessarily worked him into their system and given him the ability to do what he does best and i think that vegas so far has proven that they're going to give him a shot to prove something he's only 28 years old so he's got yeah it's insane so he's he got, got all the chance in the world to be something. Yes. Yeah, he he played and played. He had a good shift, I think, for Las Vegas. My my thing with Freddie, uh, my uh, relationship as a fan with Freddie is that first I was just like, "F this guy, he plays for DC. Uh, I don't want to see him succeed just because of that on its own." And then I was like, glad that he was failing. And then I just started to feel bad about the way that people talked about him and the expectations that they had for him. And he went to just bad situation after bad situation. It's been a rough ride for him. Um, So I'm hoping that he gets some success in Las Vegas. But look, he's made a lot of money, so I'm not going to feel too bad for him along the way. (laughs) I suppose. I suppose. Okay. uh, Let's talk about Orange County SC. Off to an insane start. Uh, This is another one of those, I don't think anyone saw this coming, they won their last four matches. They haven't given up a goal in that time. And they're winning big. 3 nothing against San Antonio. Excuse me. 3 nothing against the LA Galaxy 2. 5 nothing against Tulsa, although they did go down to nine men. But they were already uh, steamrolling them. And uh, one nothing over OKC. Now, you could make the argument that all of those teams are in the bottom half of the table. They should be beating them. Maybe that inflates a little bit of what we've seen, but they've got the best goal differential in USL. They're riding the the hottest streak for any team that isn't Louisville or Salt Lake. And I, I mean, they're just a really entertaining and fun team to watch so far. Go for it, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> it's all because of Noah Powder, Joe. That's why. Honestly, he's he's having a good time there. I don't think that... Uh, he certainly hasn't been a problem, and he's he's contributed offensively, which we've seen uh, he can do. So, yeah, good for him. I mean, they him. did beat LA Galaxy to right. Los Stones three zero. Yes. So, all, all of the teams, all of the teams they they beat are in the lower half of the table. 
But but then they play Rio Grande. Right. Kind of. Yeah. Not too impressive, but yeah. not at all. They they have a good opportunity to continue the streak. It's uh, Rio Grande, then Colorado Springs on May fourth. Um, and those those two matches, by the way, are next week. They have the weekend off this week. Next week they've got to play uh, Rio Grande Valley and Colorado Springs within three days of each other. Then turn around and play Salt Lake City the week after that. So that's going to be the big test for them. Yeah, that's going to be the big game there. Uh, Orange County keeps making me look bad because I predicted uh, San Antonio would be the best team in the West, and I definitely wasn't the only one. And Orange County just owned them this week. So, you know, we, we've, we've seen this in years past in the USL when when teams get off to hot starts, they tend to ride it all the way through the season. So maybe what we're seeing is Orange County and Real Monarchs are going to be the class of the West. That would be a lot of fun to see those two battle out. And don't forget, Sac Republic is only sitting two points behind them. Phoenix Rising and Swope Park are only three points back. So it, it could be a real good time there. Uh, Beth Steele, Bethlehem Steele, off to a 1-2-2 two, and two start. They haven't won since their opening match. Uh, coincidentally, that's the last time that Brandon Allen has scored for the team. They're struggling. He's not really even seeing the pitch. What's going on there? They don't have him taking penalty kicks. They're not even yeah. earning penalty kicks is the problem. Because <laughs> he's not on the field. <laughs> surely, surely it's more than that. Um, I, I don't know if it's just a product of, of how poor Philadelphia Union have been. Uh, because yes. obviously they're not uh, stacked or deep in MLS. And you can't expect their, their two team to be doing the same thing. Uh but it's just not good from them. And they've got Louisville this weekend or their, for their next match. Uh, Richmond, which is a winnable match, but Richmond, I think, can play tough. Uh, Charleston re- right after that. And then New York. That's a really tough run of games, and I don't see things getting much better for them in it. I'm, I'm going to tell you their depth right now. The depth of the Philadelphia Union and Bethlehem Steel. David Akam, David Akam, and David Akam. <laughs> okay, Dylan. <laughs> that's, that's their that's their depth. Prove me wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, stadium approved for FC Cincinnati, and MLS is apparently voting on whether or not they are going to be the next franchise in MLS. Uh, what do we think? Uh, do we think we're going to see them promoted? It, obviously, Nashville was one of the most recently announced teams, and so was Miami. That would then make this a very Eastern-heavy expansion? Uh, Or do you think, even with all this, that Cincinnati isn't quite ready to be uh, on the biggest stage? I I think it's possible, considering that, you know, Columbus might end up in Texas, so they need, you know, an MLS team in Ohio. Oh, man. What a shady... (laughs) What a shady series of events. (laughs) Yeah. If it turns out like the way it's looking, it'll definitely be shady. See, but I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't want two teams in Ohio. Like I know that, like maybe right. you could say that uh, the fan base or the size, the 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 size of the fan pool in Ohio isn't big enough to support the two teams. But I think it would, which help. is not true. Yeah, I think it would help. I think that having those two teams uh, become in-state rivals would help both teams, honestly. Yeah, it's it's absolutely not true that they're that 
they don't have the fan bases. But uh, Cincinnati, look, they're they're built for MLS. That's why they started this USL team. Mm-hmm. It's it's it was their goal from day one, and now they're closer than they ever have before. So um, they want in. I think that if you know if the stadium is as legit as it looks to be, I don't know how you deny them because they're going to be they're going to be a force with that ownership group that wants to spend money. Sure. Does it kind of look like Red Bull Arena, like every other stadium? <laughs> <laughs> every every stadium since Red Bull Arena has had a significant uh, Red uh, Bull Arena actually, touch. Actually, uh, it kind of looks like Red Bull Arena. Yep. See, so, you uh, knew. Yeah. Well, <laughs> does Avaya look like Red Bull Arena? Uh, no, no. That's more of like no. the the English Shed type of stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're getting the kind of I, don't know, I guess dome with the roof coming in. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, ESPN Plus, this was the first weekend that it was streaming USL games. What did you think of the service? I thought it was awesome. That's how I caught that Las Vegas Lights FC game. Yeah, I haven't had a single problem with it. Um, All the games that I've watched, though, I haven't watched any of them live. They've all been um, on demand, Mm -hmm. but they've been very easy to access. The quality has been very good. Uh, Red Bull 2 did have some weirdness in the middle of the game. I don't know if I was going to notice that. Like around the 20th minute or so, for about 45 seconds or so, there was some interference, and then around the 50th minute. But aside from that, um, all the streams have been really, really good. Although I am sick and tired of that Jake Edwards interview, which fills every <laughs> half of every USL game. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I saw that too for the first time, so I don't, I don't think I want to see it again. Man, I've seen it. I've seen it about eight or nine times now. The one cool thing is, if you watch on Apple TV, you can have multiple streams going at once. So I had like three games going at once on my TV. That's awesome. Yeah. How are you, how are you paying attention to anything with three games on? I had Las Vegas, you know, as the primary game, and I was watching the Minnesota United game off to the side. They were, I think they were playing Portland. <laughs> You're Ridiculous. insane, Bill. You're insane. You are insane, Bill. Yeah, I'm crazy. All right, now we all think we're crazy, so I guess yes. that's true. Uh, all right, finally, undefeated teams in USL are as follows. Louisville City, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Good at- Lord. Atlanta United 2. Real Salt Lake or Real Monarchs SLC, Sacramento Republic, and the Las Vegas Lights FC. Of all those teams, which one is going to stay undefeated the longest? Bill, start with you. Uh, I'm going with Las Vegas. And give me a reason why. Just the the amount of energy that they had on the field was awesome, and uh, they're pretty crazy on the field. The diving header goal was pretty awesome. So, and they have a great home crowd. I don't want to start any fights or anything like that, but the home crowd's there. They they have everything they need to have an awesome season. So, Las Vegas, it is for me. Okay, and that crowd does want to start fights. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, the butterflies on this one. I think the Monarchs are what it is in regards to undefeated teams. They have a great year last year, and they're continuing all of their efforts this year. And I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. I think (laughs) Bob Bob Lilly uh, just can will the ball from ever finding the back of the net. Obviously, they're not playing the most attractive soccer, but... They are they're good enough to to keep the clean sheets and to sneak wins here and there, but I don't think he even cares as long as he can draw every single game and still probably make the playoffs. Is Romeo Park still playing? Yes, he is still playing there. 
I I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I wanted him to end up on the Richmond Kickers. Come on, that is a fantastic joke. <laughs> nice. 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 Yep, it is. Just, just wait until that uh, that great meeting between the Indy 11 and um, and Pittsburgh. There That'll you go. be fun. Because, yeah. Carl, we met plays for the Indy 11. Oh, my God. That is going to be amazing. Play on the same field that the Indianapolis Colts use, I think. I saw. Yeah, yeah they're on Lucas that's, Oil. Yeah. I was like, wow. You know, it's pretty cool. All of these reports, I have not mentioned Carl. We met. Has he been starting for them? Yeah, he's, wow. he's had a few starts. Um, I uh, I believe in defense. He might have had a midfield start in one of them. I, I watched the only game I've watched for Indy this year has been the game where they played the first Lucas Oil game against Cincinnati. Okay, I'm going to officially add him to the uh, former Red Bull Two list. I think he got kicked met. to the back of the lineup a little bit, but. Oh, shots fired. That's pretty good. Okay. Uh, that's all from us today. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we I am at underscore Joe Goldstein. And I am at NYC Soccer World. And I'm at Bill TNJ. And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course, that's all on Twitter. You can follow us at Facebook.com slash Raising Bulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where we keep all of our episodes. You can dig through the back catalog, if you will. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. Find us, rate us, review us. It really does help. And of course, we're now part of the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM. They've got great shows like the St. Louis Soccer Report, Back Chat for the Colorado Springs Switchbacks, uh, Tornado Alley for Tulsa Roughnecks, LWSC, Play the Kids, Timbers 2, Six Point Weekend for NCFC, and so much more. Find it, listen to all those podcasts, and you will be so well-versed in USL that they might change your name to Jake Edwards. (laughs) As long as I can make you groan. And of course, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. They are the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Anthony Merced, Bill Toomey, and of course, Jose Aguinaga, thank you so much and have a great night. Good. You're, you're back. You're still clapping. Okay.